wrong with this thing? What's wrong with this thing? I think it's busted. Busted. Good day, ladies, gentlemen, those beyond the binary, poets, perverts, explorers of all kinds, squares and hepcats, sinners and saints. Welcome to Busted Mouth on Q4 Radio. I'm J.W. Basillo, your uh, host with a ghost. I boast the most... Ro- I don't know what that means. Uh, how are you? Happy uh, day after Pride. Did you uh, Did you go to the parade? I did. Uh, I'm feeling a bit cantankerous as a result. Uh, the Pride Parade is is one of those events that, that proves you can pack extreme joy and love into an afternoon and hate all all of humanity like an hour later. It's a it's a real hoot and a hot mess all at the same time, much like me and some would argue this show. I'm feeling I'm feeling a lot of things today. A few of them uh, are pleasant. Most of them are not. Uh, but we do have a great interview with burlesque aficionado, a hot tawdry coming up as well as an abundance, of course, of, of rock and roll. So stick around. It's going to be a good one despite my deplorable attitude and, and sincerely foul mouth. used to get stitches. Now they get Facebook likes. We had agreed, I thought. It was a national policy. Stitches get stitches. No one likes a tattletale. And these days, it, it just feels as if every time someone thinks they've been wrong, no matter how seemingly insignificant, our first instinct is to put it on the internet just to build an armada of support. Like, look at this jerk with his feet up on my airplane seat. Shame! Woman makes a poor joke in poor taste on Twitter and the wrong person sees it. Shame! The white woman called the cops on some black people trying to have a barbecue. Shame! Ah, ha, ha, ha. But therein lies the rub. Just as a rose by any other name would surely smell as sweet, a snitch by any other name is still a snitch. Unless, of course, we all agree that their intent was noble and pure and the power dynamic was actionable and then said snitch graduates to whistleblower and whistleblower is a protected class, with good reason, in most cases, usually. Tattle a tale, you go to your room until you learn how to get along. You blow a whistle, here's your ceremonial wreath and ensuing magazine cover. The whistle should be blown on people like dirty cops and abusive bosses, and it only makes sense, of course, to document it when possible. But technology has advanced to the point where everyone has a whistle in their pocket, of course made by tiny underpaid hands working in conditions that we all agree are deplorable but we won't do anything about. It's a shame bell. It's capable of ringing to the entire world whose power extends beyond the operator's grasp and usually their sense of responsibility. It's like if we were to give, say, um, I don't know, a semi-automatic weapon to anyone who could afford one. I mean, how stupid would that be, right? By now, you've, you've heard about the restaurant probably in Virginia this week that refused service to Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, they're just operating under the maxim that they, as a restaurant, reserve the right to refuse service to anyone. It's a, it's a really common, often unwritten clause held by business owners to protect the establishment from abusive jerks or drunk people or press secretaries who look like Marie Osmond wearing a rubber Halloween mask of Marie Osmond over her own face. Boo! I'm giving this radio show a one-star review. Well, have at it, numbnuts. You're only proving my point. 
just as my point was proven by the predictable litany of Yelp reviews thrown at said restaurant. You know, some of them good, some of them terrible, all of them written by entitled schmucks who think their opinion means anything to anyone. Yelp is like a, a public jag bag registry. Yeah, please, go ahead. Put your real name and face on there, too. Boo! I'm a top commenter on Yelp. Cool. Just please never tell me that, lest I lose all respect for you. I'd judge you less if you were a felon. And that's not even a joke. I used to work in the correctional system, so I see people as, like, humans. But there are some crimes against humanity that I cannot tolerate, and Yelp happens to be one. Anyway, my faith in humanity has been permanently damaged by working in the service industry, and it's made worse by the ceaseless onslaught of things like Yelp. And I've had reviews written about places I've worked, and, and even me personally, both positive and negative. The positive ones, no matter how brief, have, have almost always been really thoughtful and, and generally with decent grammar and an earnest attempt at punctuation. And the negative ones, eh, not so much. And upon reading them, I, I instantly have remembered the person or interaction that got someone's knickers all in a twist. And without fail, I remember them being an absolute jerk from Jump Street. And their review is almost always largely exaggerated. But that's, you know, kind of to be expected. That's what we do. We over-aggrandize for effect. And I'll admit, I do occasionally open the Yelp app. It's, it's just the quickest way to find businesses by category and location in a hurry. I'll also admit I'm naturally dissuaded by places with poor ratings, but then I'll, I'll sometimes open the reviews and sure enough, I could just smell the air of entitled douchebaggery wafting from the reviewer out of my phone like cartoon stink lines. I went to this McDonald's and the food wasn't even hot and it was way too salty. One star. Exactly. You knew that going in, dummy. It's a fast food restaurant in the city. The ceiling is two and a half stars. This is the worst dry cleaner in the whole world. They said my pants would be done at noon, but they weren't done when I got there and I had to wait 15 minutes. One star. That sucks, man. I would be irritated in that circumstance as well. But, but let me ask you this. Did they burn your pants? I mean, literally set them on fire in front of you while insulting your mother? No? Well, that's what the one star is for. It, not for a minor inconvenience. The star system is not a binary, as evidenced by the fact that there are five of them, you cesarean boob thinking your downturned thumb is a birthright. And we always say, don't read the comments. But Yelp is the comment section, come to life, on purpose, with the added benefit of people being able to destroy someone's livelihood. Isn't it terrific? When you could have a bad experience and make someone's business close or, or get someone fired, what a, what a hero you are. And I've been in the service industry off and on since I was 13 years old, and no one understands and is angered by bad service more than me. But we all have bad days where nothing clicks and everything goes wrong. And let's say, let's say you work a job that you hate with a jerk of a boss and you're underpaid and you're having a terrible day. And during that terrible day, someone else is always also having a terrible day. And then maybe they come into the place that you work and they take their day out on you. It's probably not going to help you, right? I mean, maybe it's going to put you in a, in a more of a bad mood. Well, tough luck, sucker, because the next person in line happens to be a Yelp reviewer who we've established are trash. And there goes your employment. And you may be thinking, well, if they're in the service industry, they should be above it and provide great service regardless of the circumstances. Yeah, of course, in theory. But who do you think they are? Medics for the Red Cross? They're working in this restaurant for the same reason you're eating in this restaurant. It was the best option available to them at the time. But everybody's out to get you. And the world needs to know your opinion, you 
Paul Revere of the iPhone warning the townspeople of the invading army of surly potbelly employees making your sandwich for minimum wage. I said no pickles. I said no pickles. Everyone wake up. I said no pickles. And clearly there were pickles. They're, they're, they're not there now. And the girl behind the counter said there were no pickles, but I'm pretty sure that she put them on and then later took them off because I can always tell. And when I called her a liar to her face, she had the nerve to look disinterested in my plight. Guess what? It doesn't even serve its presumed purpose. Review sites and comment sections, the crowdsourcing of opinions, it's all money. These things exist to sell you advertising or to keep you interested so they can tell advertisers how much people use the site so they can jack up the cost of the ad buys. It's a racket, all because a bunch of people in an office somewhere we will never know figured out how to monetize our righteous indignation. Righteous indignation will always be our greatest export. It's a homegrown product, and Yelp is just one example, and it's, it's an easy thing to make jokes about. But it's also a microcosm of a greater cultural trend, one that's becoming the norm. Hundreds of years ago, we used to we used to throw people to the lions, or we'd uh, we'd roll them into a volcano, maybe maybe break out the tar and feathers. But that's uncivilized now. We'd much rather ruin someone's life so we can watch them squirm in real time and pretend that we're evolved beyond assaulting a naked body in a stockade while everyone laughs. No matter the context, and sometimes no matter the facts. It's happened to me. It's happened to people I know. And when it happened to me, it was in a setting far more grave than a Yelp review, and it was based on a falsehood perpetuated by a craven opportunist who admitted to wanting to ruin my career. That's true. But that's a story for another day. And I'm still here, like a cockroach, surviving the blast to tell you it's going to happen to you too. It's going to happen to all of us. Maybe it already has. And maybe that's progress. Maybe these just the eggs that must be broken. And at this rate, no one is spared the culling. And when you get yours, I sure hope it's just because you didn't put enough Oreo in the McFlurry. That got dark for a second. Uh, you still with me? You still here? Did I hurt your feelings? I'm sorry. I'm not really. I'm not actually sorry. I don't. Okay. Well, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but I, I, I don't apologize for the things I said because uh, I believe them and it's my show and you're here too. So let's all be friends. And if we are still friends, especially you newcomers, you can hear all the tunes that we talk about now, everything that I play on the radio show at the uh, Busted Mouth esteemed audio companion playlist on Spotify. By the way, Spotify also, the newest home of the Busted Mouth podcast. Hooray! The uh, the wonderful people at Spotify. I don't know. I don't know if they're wonderful people or not. I I do like the service and the app. Um, and uh, apparently they like me too because we Busted Mouth is the newest uh, is the newest podcast right there, man. We're on that Spotify roster, getting all official, looking fancy, looking fancy. 
Uh, speaking of fancy, there's a real fancy show I've mentioned before, but I'm going to keep mentioning it until the tickets are sold out. Uh, July 3rd at Under the Gun Theater at Cuss Cuss, an evening of music and verse with Derek Brown and Lizzie Ellison of Cardioid. Andy Carroll is going to be uh, on the bill. I'm going to be playing some music and telling some to- telling some tunes, telling some jokes, playing some songs, um, uh, reading some things, etc., etc. Uh, Joel Shamara, Tim Stafford are going to be hosting. It's going to be an absolute blast. July 3rd, super cheap tickets, night before a holiday. You have absolutely no excuse. North side of the city, Under the Gun theater go to busted mouth b-u-s-t-e-d-m-o-u-t-h for the tickets and uh, all the show information i'd really love it if you would have come out uh, it's the first busted mouth produced show since we started doing the show um and our uh, our listenership continues to grow welcome in to everybody who's not been here before if you haven't already turned it off because i hurt your feelings about yelp i really hope i didn't uh, but regardless, we, speaking of hurt and feelings, this this interview gets a little uh, it gets a little crispy here. It gets a little dark, it gets a little wild. Uh, Hot Tadri's a, a wonderful burlesque performer and a great friend of mine, and uh, I'm so glad that I was able to get her on the show. Uh, we she unfortunately couldn't be in studio today, but she was able to sit down with me and, and do a pre record. And um, uh, you'll notice it gets kind of it gets kind of interesting. Uh, we uh, we get dive into some deep stuff and, and we make some silly jokes and, and tell some silly stories. And uh, she can't stop cursing. Uh, so if you hear static it's it's intentional uh, i don't like the beep sound i find it disquieting but i feel like static people just don't notice and maybe the fcc won't notice either but it doesn't matter we're here and uh, thanks again for being here with us and please enjoy this interview uh with hot tadre It's good to see you. I know. Good to see you, too. It's weird. Because I felt like I saw you like every day day, for like a year and then never again. And then never again because I don't go out unless I'm being paid. Well, right. (laughs) Well, and you also got in a relation. I know. I have a boyfriend now, which is crazy. That's kind of how that works, though. It's like if you're in the business that we're in where you're on stage, you're producing shows, you're bartending, you're whatever it is, uh, and you get into like a romantic relationship. Yeah, it's like you, one, it's you it's like to, a sec, it's like another job. I don't want to say it's work, <laughs> but it is. It's work and like you have to make time for that person. Well, you have to cuz like the only way that a relationship grows, <laughs> relationship yeah. grows. Uh, the only way that a relationship grows is if you spend time together. And yeah. it, it seems like that's so obvious, but, but it's, it's really an easy it's, thing to forget. It so is, if like, you only have a night or two off a week, you yeah. got to spend it with that person and then it's like, eh, Yeah. Doing? Yeah, like I have to calendar in like time, like date night. With my boyfriend. It's crazy. Did y'all date night? What? Yeah. You did we, a date night thing? Yeah, we did date night last night. We went and saw RuPaul's Drag Race at Roscoe's. <laughs> it was amazing. I've <laughs> never seen Drag Race. Really? Because I've never had cable. And it's like, the it doesn't you can total, work. On, you can get it online. Yeah, can't you? you? I don't know. All right. Well, I mean, I've seen it. Get no, some that's bootleg. Not true. I saw it once and then I, I don't know. I just missed the boat on Drag Race. It's, uh, I mean, if you've got some time to like binge watch it, it's some, it's some really good television. Oh, I, I absolutely believe it. And I know people that have been on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've got some good Chicago people on there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Drag Here, Race. I, I, well, the, here's the thing. Like, I just want to talk to you. Oh, yeah. And be like, hey, hey my friend so- <laughs> I haven't seen in a hundred years. <laughs> but we should be professional. But we should be professional and talk about professional things. Like, yeah. um, okay, so give me the like 30 second, first of all, plug all your social media and all that business. Oh, yeah. You can follow me. Um, I like my fan page on Facebook, Hot Tawdry, even though Facebook's kind of garbage. Uh, so follow me on Instagram. You don't say, really? Yeah, it is. I can show my butt. 
slightly more on Instagram. That's true. So follow me at Hot Tawdry Burlesque, I think it is. I should check. H O T T A W D R Y. D R Y. Like a hot tawdry, a hot toddy, but dirtier is what I tell people. Do you think that like part of the do you have to have a pun in your name? I to mean, be a burlesque dancer? you don't have to, but like it's fun. It's fun when Obviously. people get it. It's fun when drunk people are like, oh, I get it. And you're like, <laughs> congratulations. I had a friend. Um, someone announced me like, oh, she's super excited to be in Tennessee. She really likes Tennessee whiskey. Uh, she's the cure for what ails you, hot tawdry. And my friend was backstage. She was like, I've known you for four years and I just got your name. That's so weird. <laughs> I know, right? Um, hot tawdry. Not hot tawdry burlesque. Just hot tawdry on Instagram. H-O-T-T-A-W-D-R-Y. Take a shot if you're listening. Uh, Ooh, yeah. No, the people that the regulars on to the show. I spell everything because I like always because I can't. I hear things and then I can't translate. What are you just doing? I just broke my chair. Hold on. Okay. You just broke your. Okay. You know when you get hand me down IKEA furniture, you're really living that life. It's you're gotten, really living yeah, large. It's gotten weird out here in these streets. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so as it's it's hard. You know, it seems glamorous. It's not. I mean, it's so glamorous. Burlesque is so glamorous. All right. So talk. To, so let's let's start at the let's start at the beginning. Um, yeah. Not the not the beginning. But let's start at like the basics. Where did you started doing burlesque in Chicago? I did. Yeah. And what do you do now? In addition to just being a, a performer, you're on mm-hmm. stage doing a number. Like what else are you doing? I'm also hosting. I host my shows, uh, Foundation Cabaret and House of Burlesque, and I also started hosting other shows around the city. I've done Kiss Kiss Cabaret. I've done a few shows in Detroit hosting. And I also produce uh, Foundation Cabaret and House of Burlesque. So where are those? Those are at Foundation Room at House of Blues. Are they House of Bur- Foundation Room, House of Burlesque? Are they two separate shows? Two separate shows. Foundation Cabaret is a live band burlesque show. Oh, right on, right on. Mm-hmm. And we have a live blues, live rock and roll, and then burlesque and drag and sideshow and stuff. And then House of Burlesque is a little more glitzy and a little more glamorous, uh, depending on the mood I am. Sometimes it gets a little weird. So, you know, you never know what you're going to get with either show. It's kind of a fun surprise every every time. So you produce burlesque. Where, mm-hmm. did, it, where did it start for you? You were... Dance major? Is that right? No, I was a theater major. Theater major, theater major with a dance, like one credit short of a dance minor, just purely by accident because I really like dance. Okay. So theater major, and then I saw an audition for a burlesque show, and I was like, that looks like fun. And I kind of just thought it was going to be like a normal theater run of a show, like, you know, maybe a month. Mm-hmm. And then I got roped into doing a bunch of other shows, and I like a couple months later, I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I started to kind of dive into the history of burlesque and what else was out there aside from nerd, nerdy burlesque. And I was like, this is really fun. This is a, a great uh, release from the, the grind of acting. And the getting naked on stage thing never really bugged you? No, that was really, that's like the fun part. It was like super liberating. I remember like being super nervous in the audition and I was like, okay, I had no idea how to like stick my pasties on. So they were just like self-adhesive ones from Taboo Taboo. (laughs) And I was just like, here it is. And it was really fun. It was, it was really liberating. uh, And I, I liked the story that it told. Um, There's so many stories you can tell with stripping. And also it's uh, pretty radical as a female to be naked on stage still. Were you always an exhibitionist, though? No. Oh, actually, I lie. Yeah, no. Well, as an actor, like you're, you're naturally like, look at me, look at me. That's part of the thing. Yeah, no, I was always very scantily clothed on stage. Oh, really? Like, yeah, during college, it was a running joke that like, oh, uh, she's in a show. Yeah, she's going to probably be naked on the show. Or like semi-naked or just not wearing much clothes. So it was <laughs> just, just kind just of like... you? No, no. I was a swimmer growing up, so like I'm used to just wearing... 
basically nothing. Right. <laughs> it's just kind of like, whatever, you know? So you mentioned the word stripper, and I'm curious about this, right? Mm-hmm. <gasps> so because, keep, keep in mind this. Like, for people that live in Chicago, New York, like places with bigger communities, it's really easy. Like, burlesque is a touchstone. We all know what it is. We Most people have seen it. It's existed somewhere. Yeah. So, like, for the... How do you explain it to someone who's maybe not seen it before? What's the difference between burlesque and stripping? What's like so? What there's is it like about? a huge debate between burlesque and stripping, and there's a lot of burlesque dancers who are like, "We're not strippers," and my take on it is uh, club stripping. The intent is different. The intent is to, you know, make money. Basically, it's really to how you you still could have to connect with an audience. If anything, you have to connect with an audience more to make bigger tips. Like you need to make some sort of connection with a person so that they can part with their hard earned money uh, while you shake your ass in their face. Uh, Burlesque is a little bit more about storytelling and the intent is not, I mean, I guess we, I don't know. I I like, I like to make people part with money. Burlesque is a little bit more uh, theatrical and storytelling. I think that that's it. We are still stripping, though. And we also, a lot of club strippers are also burlesque dancers. And burlesque dancers are club strippers. And I think by saying that burlesque is not stripping, it's really shit. Stop cursing. You're on the radio. Oh. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And there she goes. Oh. Um, we take a lot of moves from from strip club strippers. It is we are still getting naked, um, and so I think to to not recognize that stripping and burlesque are similar is really doing a disservice to club strippers. They work twice as hard and make a lot more money than we do. Um, it's a lot more emotional labor, I think, to be a stripper than it is to be a burlesque dancer. You know, we're out there for four minutes. We do our thing. We, you know, we have our fabulous costumes and we take our clothes off. Uh, burlesque dancing has a little bit more of a tease. Uh, from what I've noticed from club strippers, it's more about, like, getting naked right away as opposed to just teasing the clothes. Sure. There's there's less of a tease in strip club stripping yeah. than there is in burlesque. Well, it seems like to me, it all, it's always felt like the difference between the sexual the sexual and the sensual, uh-huh. which is uh, a really corny way of saying it, I think. But uh, but I think it's true. Like, the, the you go... People go to strip clubs specifically for, like, the sexual angle, right? Yeah. It's, it's there. I want to see a naked person. I want that naked person to touch me in a vague sort of way, et cetera. Yeah, As opposed to, like, going to a burlesque show, it's always felt like, I'm going to be entertained. I'm going to be a part of an audience. I'm going to be a yeah. part of this thing. Whereas at a strip club, you're kind of like, I hope no one sees me come yeah. in here. Also, no one no one cheers at strip clubs, and it really makes me... It, every time I go, I'm always like, that was so good! That was amazing! I love that trick! That was so great! Um, oh, that was, yeah. No, no, you're fine. Don't worry, don't worry about it. Don't let uh, me worry about it. Do <laughs> um, and I, I, I think that's also the intent. Also, I didn't know that the the floor show is just kind of like the precursor to like girls, you know, they want you to purchase a lap dance. And I was like, wait, I don't, I don't want a lap dance. I just want to like see you work the stage. Right. So I I didn't, I, that was eye opening for me. I was like, Oh, Oh, I get it now. They're like, yeah, you really don't make your money on the stage. You make it, you make it with private dances. And I was like, in in the champagne room. Yeah. In the champagne room. Um, I have never been in the champagne room. I've never gotten a lap dance at a strip club. I've gotten lap dances from my friend, but I'm like, I mean, I get really, 
I granted my first strip club experience was in Wisconsin. So Mine too. Oh my god, which one? Uh, is it in like near Lake Geneva? No. Oh, okay. No, no. I'll tell. All right. Go. You tell your story. I'll tell you mine. So this you show was, me yours. Yeah, you know. Right. So it was like date night with my boyfriend in Wisconsin. He's like, when was this? Recently? <laughs> yeah, recently. This was your first strip. Yeah, one? you would. I, which is mind boggling. I know. I work with a bunch of strippers. You're 45 I, years old. Shut up. <laughs> 45. Sorry. Shut up. I'm kidding. 42. I have a very youthful voice. Yeah. <laughs> 40. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was uh, it was last year. I I had gone to a male strip club before. I've never been to like a female strip club, and I was like, yeah, let's do it. So he's like, great, and he just gave me a stack of singles and was like, okay, here you go. I blew through those in like two minutes because yeah, I was so works. excited. I was like, oh my god, you did so well! I love this. But I get really persnickety. Um, I was like, she's not pointing her toes. I don't like her lines. She didn't like, I was like, she took her clothes off too fast. He's like, that's what they're that's supposed the to do. I was yeah. like, well, she should have taken her tags out of her costume. He's like, wow. He's like, do you want a lap dance for her? I was like, no, she sickled her feet. <laughs> I kind of ruined, I ruined strip clubs for him, I think. Right. And it's like, it's like me at a rock show. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this guy can't mix. Why are we, why is that guitar so loud in the mix? You know, I'm just, I'm insufferable because I can't do anything but look at it like, oh, there's work. That's my oh, job. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. it's definitely work. And I was like, oh, I really like that move. I really like how she worked the crowd in this. Oh, look at how she... Uh, I will hand it to strippers. They know how to work a crowd. Mm-hmm. Like a really great stripper can um, do... No, you don't need to do tricks. You just need to walk around and make eye contact with everyone in Sniffer's Row and guaranteed you do one trick and everyone will just... I mean, me. I will just make it rain because I really appreciate um, the the emotional labor it takes to make that eye contact with people and make, make a connection when you're, you know, naked on stage. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. So my first strip club experience <laughs> was my 18th birthday. Okay. Or the day after my 18th birthday, because it was a Friday. Nice. Uh, it was in Appleton, Wisconsin. Okay. Because at the time, at the time, the only 18 plus strip club uh-huh. was in Appleton, was the nearest one. Okay. At, this is at the time, right? Okay. So this is years ago. Obviously, because I'm also uh, 94 you're all, years old. You're, you're 94, quite, quite yeah. Old. Uh, so it's in Appleton, Wisconsin. We'd only heard about it. Because this is like pre... Internet? The internet existed. But, but like websites were kind of like terrible. They didn't really function. Yeah, we were still in chat rooms. Like yeah, AOL exactly. Chat rooms. Yeah, yeah, and there was... I mean, there was... The, I remember the, the, the place had a website. I don't want to say the name of it because it's terrible. But um, <laughs> it's a really like, oh, you're going... The, gross. Um, so it's 18 plus, no booze. Uh, there's a website, but it's like one of those angel fire spinny, <gasps> like yes. someone made it in MS Paint. Oh, kind of yeah. Workplace. Oh, I remember those. So I go, there's the address. Let's go. We can figure out. We'll go on MapQuest because oh that God. just and came you, like, on. Print we'll out figure the out how to get there. Right. <laughs> so we, we drive up. We get, I get out of high school. I get out of high school. Um, I, so this is like a three, like a five p.m. happy hour strip club. No doubt, because we get out. <laughs> oh, we get no. out at three thirty. I go to my my buddy Mark takes a half day because he worked a construction job or he left early. It was Friday, so they got out early anyway. Okay. Um, so I go over to his apartment. Oh, my no. other buddy John meets us there, and we're just like, we're going. I printed out these directions on my dad's <laughs> computer, and we are getting after it. So we get in the car and we uh-huh. drive two hours. Oh wow! To a strip club. Mm-hmm. That was 18 plus. No booze. Um, was there a buffet? No buffet, oh. but that exists. Yeah. The buffet certainly does exist. Uh, so we, we get up there, and we had no idea. We just heard about this place mm-hmm. because someone else had gone there for their 18th birthday, and I was like, we are doing this. Uh, I had a stack of about 100 singles. Nice. 
I got change and everything like before we went up. So like, what if we get there and there are no singles? Because I'm an idiot. Because I'm 18. I didn't know. <laughs> That's okay. So I get up there and it's just like we get there and we're like, man, there's not a lot of people here. And it's like seven, six thirty yeah. on a Friday. There's yeah. no one there. But then surely enough, like or quickly enough, uh, it starts to fill in because it's a rural general area and people just start flooding into the joint. Mm-hmm. It's like twenty bucks to get in. Yeah, uh, we're there for. Uh, 10 minutes and we almost get thrown out because my buddy John grabbed one of the girls not because like not in uh, an aggressive manner Mm -hmm. but like she grabbed him by the shirt and pulled him up because there's only like there's a couple of tables but Mm -hmm. it's almost entirely just what they called uh, the erection the erection section oh I call it sniffers row right but I'm talking about the DJ yeah oh right okay the erection Uh, section so she grabs him by the shirt pulls him up Uh and he just like instinctively yeah. tried to grab onto her so he doesn't fall and hit his face on the stage. Yeah. And then right away, bouncer's just like, hey, you need to keep your hands. And he's like, huh, huh. And we're just, we don't, and we just said to him, I was like, look, if you get thrown out of here, you're going to be sitting in the parking lot by yourself because we're not <laughs> leaving until the money is gone, which is exactly what happened. But it was, uh, they well, like, we come down the pole and the place filled up really quick. And uh, they come down the pole. They're just, oh, like, got naked almost immediately. It's really quick. Almost immediately. And then the the standard Thing. And like they even encouraged it uh, on uh, on the mic was like you hold the dollar bill in your mouth, she oh. will come around with her mm-hmm, oh. and squeeze them together and take it out of your mouth and like that was just how it was. So like wow, once it got busy in there, like uh, one of the dancers would come down the pole, she'd spend half a song taking it's all nudes, she'd take. Yeah. Get entirely nude, roll around for a minute, and then go. All right, and I'm just going to work the circle around the stage. Yep. Next song, I'm going to work backwards. Yeah, and if you didn't. If you weren't tipping, they're like, get away from here, right? So it was just like 50 guys in a circle. She's like, yep, here's one, here's one. It's just like an assembly line of like, squeeze them together, take your dollar, squeeze them together, take your dollar. It was really uh, wonderful in so many ways. That's so efficient. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to do that. There was no, there were no lap, there was no champagne room, but there was like this uh, glass brick corner. You know, the glass bricks they have like an old (laughs) corner lot building. Oh my god! So yes. there's just like an it's like it looks like a giant block of ice, like a fortress of solitude thing with glass <laughs> bricks and like a chair and a and a bar, uh-huh. and then that was just like full contacts ish sort of. Did you? So you got a lap dance? Of course I did. Oh, you're right. I. I'm. Did you say I'm? Oh, you're I'm the right. only one that like doesn't get a lap dance at strip clubs. But we like. My my friend is talking like he knew what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. He's like, we should check out everyone on stage first before we decide who we're going to get for yeah. your... And it was cool. But the song, you get three songs or whatever it was. Yeah. And she's like, well, let's wait for the new song to start. So I don't, you know, I'm like, okay. She's you know, being very polite. It's my birthday. Oh, mm-hmm. you're 18. And I looked like this. I had a full beard and stuff. Yeah. It was weird. Oh, yeah. Um, and she's like, okay, so... Uh, cool. Oh, new song. Here we go. And the song is Prodigy's Smack My <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's great. It was really something special that's to behold. Amazing. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got a, I've got a longer piece. I've got to write about it. I got to tell. The that's whole a story. special memory but right there. I, I went. Yeah. Sorry, I'm doing a lot of talking today. No, that's is, okay. You always do a lot of talking. I hate you so much. I'm just calling it like it again. It's probably true though. Um, yeah. It's weird. Okay. So, burlesque. <laughs> I went so long on that story. Um, I just thought it was funny. I feel like it's like your, you know, your first strip club experience. It's yeah. special. Mine was just later in life. Well, and we're also, we're not in studio right now. So, I forgot that. Yeah, you I, can. I forgot for a second where you're actually on mic. And I was just like, but I was just telling you a story. <laughs> oh, is this good radio? <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, squeeze them together. Okay, so... <laughs> Just the, squeeze them together. Squeeze them together. So wait, she used it with her inner thighs or her hoo-ha? Oh, no, 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 no. Her, her, her breasts. Oh, her breasts. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. I might take that on stage. Well, she would just like go to the knees and then no, just like... And then just Essentially like, like knee walk around the stage. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. And then would okay. just like throw them behind her, throw them behind her. And then that's like great. someone else would come up, like a kitten, right? Would come up yeah. and just like sweep them all into a basket. Oh, yeah, and yeah, that was yeah. It. Yeah, that's just great. how it works. Uh, so, but it was like, oh, this is no longer. This is purely this just is, like, let me part with some dollars. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. Like, we just, I think burlesque, we have to, I don't know, the tipping culture in burlesque is, uh, was not really existent in Chicago. And I was like, that's some bullshit. Uh, let's take people's money. Because t- there's tipping culture in drag. Uh, sure. And there wasn't a whole lot in burlesque. And I think people still had that like Puritan like theater vibe with it. Like, oh, we're just going to clap and da da da. I was like, we should change that. Because I came back from New Orleans where people just throw dollars on you. And it's amazing because people in New Orleans, they can be from Chicago. They go to New Orleans and they just make it rain. Yeah. And they're so excited and they're totally here for it. And then they get back to Chicago and they're like, mm, here you go. Yeah, it's so, a theater thing. It's weird. It is. But a, I've, I've noticed know. that too. Yeah. But I'm trying to make it a little. A little dirtier, not a little dirtier, but like a little less. We're in a theater space, and like tipping is. I I enjoy I enjoy tipping, and I I promote that at my shows because uh, it's a free show. So give us your money. Yeah, yeah. Part <laughs> yourself with some dollars. So I think that there was a time in which I remember seeing the first burlesque show I ever saw was in two thousand three. Mm-hmm. Belmont burlesque, right? Um, no, Fem TV. Uh, Michelle Lamar. Oh, right. Shore. Okay. So there was, yeah. like, there was a comedian and a magician and all that. I was like, yeah, this yeah, is the yeah. coolest thing I'd seen. I, and I had no idea what Whipper Less was, but yeah. I saw it and was like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Right. Um, and I felt like there were a couple here and there. Mm-hmm. And then in the last like five years or so, there's been... It's like burlesque is like the new improv. It just exploded. Oh my god! I was just everybody. I was thinking about that. Everybody's a burlesque dancer. Everybody's been to a burlesque show, and it's yeah. it, like, do you think the market is saturated? I absolutely think it's saturated. Um, I read a quote online from Uta Hagen about acting, and she it was from 1993, and she was just like, you know, it used to be that housewives would get bored and they would have an affair and they'd do a, and they'd have a, or they'd you know read a book or go to a book club now it seems that everyone uh once they get bored they decide they can act <laughs> and there's a whole bunch of people opening these doors for you know opening up their doors and their classes and there's no respect anymore for the art and i was like oh man i'm kind of feeling that right now in burlesque that uh there's very little respect for the art form <laughs> Uh, and how much work it actually takes and how much a really great burlesque. And like, I, I love inspiring other people. I, I think burlesque is really great, uh, with coming out of your shell and, and discovering your sexuality. And I think classes are great for that. But if you are going to be a performer, um, the pay rate is the same all around the city basically. So it's like the person who has, a very strong background in dance and theater and improv in in you know graphic arts or something who's really kind of studied all of their life and then their artistic ex- expression is in burlesque and then there are people who don't have a dance background who are like mm, you know what I'm not a great dancer I'm not really a great actor I'm going to get on stage and I'm going to work out my issues on stage. <laughs> and I think that they love burlesque and that's great. But maybe, 
maybe don't get, maybe just do it in your house. Do it like a community theater. Do community burlesque. It's super saturated, and so pe- and people are going to see community burlesque shows and thinking that that's what burlesque is. So I wish there was a little bit more respect for the art form and a little bit more reverence, I think. I'm probably going to get... That's an unpopular opinion, I think. This is this is an unpopular opinion kind of show. Oh, great. So that's okay. Uh, Some, yeah. Do you think the bubble's going to burst, though? I feel like it kind of already has. Um, How so? Well, you can... There's there's burlesque shows everywhere now. There's free burlesque shows, so why are you going to pay to go see a burlesque sure. show? Um, yeah, there is a lot of burlesque, and I think it is it's neighborhood. Like people kind of just like to stay in their own neighborhoods for the most part. They're sure. not really going to travel for a burlesque show, so there's that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some really wonderful burlesque shows here, uh, and then there's some not so great ones that I'm like, uh, did you need to do that? Did you need to charge twenty five dollars for a ticket for this show? Really? Okay. Yeah, but you got it. But then that debate becomes: well, everyone has to have the same opportunity to get on stage that you do, and maybe everyone's life transforms. The blah blah blah. Like there's there's just a lot there. But at what point do we stop calling it brave? If everyone oh, right? God. So there was a time. There was a time in which getting on stage was considered a brave act, and I don't mean taking your clothes off or anything specific. Just no, you're getting on stage. On stage that's, that's so brave. The thing that everyone says to me, or used to say to me. Yeah, with uh, improv was, and with... Yeah, just but get them everywhere, on stage. It was just like, yeah. how do you get up there in front of all these people? And it's like, actually, that's easy for me. So that's not brave. No. But everyone... Yeah. But I think there was a big moment of applause that was happening for burlesque. Like when burlesque shows went from... There are a couple of camps in town that mm-hmm. run great shows, mm-hmm. but now it's starting to expand and people are taking burlesque classes and everybody's aunt is taking their clothes off totally. in a small theater yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, at what point are you just like, okay, this is no longer brave. This is part of the... This is just part of what we do. Or this is part of humanity. Yeah. I I did think that for a while, but then I realized that as a female, it is still f***ing brave to get up on stage and take your clothes off. Because people are still, you, there's still someone in the audience that looks away and is like, oh my God, this is too much. And it's like, we still have to cover, uh, you know, we still have to cover our nipples, which is nice. I do like a little nipple jewelry, but I went to Tennessee and they have they highly enforce the blue laws there in the Bible Belt, and I realized after that those shows after I had to cover my underboob, which is basically like my whole boob. Wait, and, you had to cover your underboob? My underboob, yeah. Okay. So like from the nipple down and like across, like no side boob either. You have to cover and your vortex, which is um, your butt cheeks. You can't show your butt cheeks. What? Or or your like crack. You have to have like. An inch or so. Like if you bend over, mm-hmm. you can't show any of that. So I had to have Weird. special underwear made, and I have never been more. I was more afraid of you know slipping an underboob <laughs> <laughs> and like showing butt crack and like getting charged five hundred dollars than I was about my performance. I was so nervous about that. I've never worn so many clothes on stage, and it re- I realized that these blue laws still exist because people can't handle female nudity. So it is still brave to get on stage. So why can't people handle female nudity? I have no idea. I have no idea. And they they clearly can't be trusted if there's alcohol too. Lord knows what they would do. I don't know. Maybe just stop being an asshole and like figure out your life Mm -hmm. as opposed to making it the females like, oh, we can't handle the female nudity. Like maybe check yourself before you ask the female to cover up. 
Or before you wreck yourself. Or before you wreck yourself. It's usually yeah, a good indicator if you feel a wreck coming on. Yeah, or like, uh, yeah. You're yeah. doing great. Mm-hmm. You keep cursing, but you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought about this, and normally I said... You should have told me, like, I can't curse. I'm here's the good. thing. I have the most foul-mouthed comedians on this show, and I go, hey, no cursing, and they're all like, cool. No problem, right? But I get every time I get a non-comedian on this show, they're just lighting it up. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. All right, so nude, naked, brave. I think I think that the bubble bursting in burlesque is interesting because it's it parallels a lot of art forms. And I can only talk about Chicago as a as a microcosm because this is where I made art yeah. for my entire adult life, right? So there was a time in which um, there was where there were a couple of improv. I was going to say it very right? much mimics and now improv. Everybody does improv. Like the Everyone. old town school of folk music does improv, yeah. which is I'm sure the teachers are fine. I'm sure the you know, whatever. Right. I'm not, but it's just it seems out of place. It's just it seems like a cash grab, right? Yeah. Um, there was, and now every place has stand. And I love stand up, and I'm glad stand up is going through a, a second or third boom. But like it's everywhere. Yeah. Storytelling, specifically in Chicago, all of a sudden when the Moth became popular, this mm-hmm. was 2010. All of a sudden, storytelling shows were popping up everywhere everybody had a storytelling show and they're not great i'm gonna get in trouble too i don't care sue me um they're not terribly well curated yeah uh there are some people who are wonderful storytellers yeah there are some people who are great to watch on stage have interesting things to say there's some people who are not great performers but tell but have great stories to tell yeah and then there are a whole bunch of people that are just like oh i never thought that my mother would when I knew my mom as a kid, I never thought that I would find out that our heart blah. And it's just like I don't care. Yeah, and it's like you're a ta- that's, who that's the thing. cares? So there's so many storytelling shows. I remember having a, a conversation with somebody, just going like, "It's going to burst. Yeah. People are going to stop coming to these things because yeah. they're boring." And once you see, oh, everybody can get on stage and tell a story. That's the thing. Stop it. Like just, just stop it. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a it's an art form and it requires a lot of dedication and skill yes. to get up and tell a story interestingly. And I feel like when, when the influx of people is like, I want to get on stage because it's so liberating and great. And yeah, there are really good feelings, but you have to remember your audience. Yep. Like, let's not forget that there is an audience that is paying to see you make it entertaining. Well, and then sometimes these people will go, we got a real professional and they bring me or, I'm just going to talk about myself because uh, I can't. I'm not going to throw anybody well, else under the show, bus. I feel like, well, yeah, mm-hmm. but like the people all get brought into like a show mm-hmm. at an art center in Laporte, Indiana, for mm-hmm. example, right? And I show up, and they're like, "Oh, it's this great. We get a great crowd, and it's this storytelling, and it's this writers, and the writers here are so good, and it's this great community." And I show up, and I'm like, "Oh, it's a bunch of 65 year old women, and nothing." My mother's is like, "Sorry, mom. Uh, nothing against women in their 60s, yeah, but." They're not my audience at all. Yeah. And you brought me out because I'm noted for things. But like, you know, I don't want to perform for these people and they don't want to see me. They just yeah. want to see another one of them. Yeah. Really. Yeah. They don't want to see me up there cursing and talking about strip clubs and <laughs> acting a fool and <laughs> just generally being like, yeah, so, you know, who else wants to kill themselves? Like nobody. Yeah. No one wants to see that. And I, that bubble, it has to, it has to burst. It has to go somewhere. So now there are only a few really good live lit storytelling shows. Um, there are a few that are really good and there's still some that are hanging on, but like mm-hmm. a lot of them went away yeah. really fast. Yeah. I feel like that is probably going to happen with burlesque as well. Like it's just, you have to make it a little more special to go see a burlesque show. I think 
I don't know. There's like a million drag shows and people show up to them. So I don't know what the I don't know what drag is doing differently than uh, gay culture. Gay culture, right? What's the thing? But that's the thing is like there's a lot of queer people that do burlesque too. Sure. I don't know. I don't know, man. Well, I think if there was like an all queer burlesque review, it would pull a different. Yeah, I don't that's know. true. I don't know. A lot of I don't know. A lot of our lineups are queer, but it's not like billed as a queer show. Yeah, it's just billed as like yeah. Burlesque show. Well, and as the as the queer arts community in Chicago continues to grow, and it's been growing consi- Since, consistently forever, right? Yeah. And as it continues to grow, um, just putting queer on something is no longer yeah. the the draw that it was, say, ten years ago. Yeah. Where it was like, oh, it's it's a queer performer. I don't even care who it is. I'm going to see it. You yeah. Know? It's different now. Yeah. And I think drag, though, but I don't know. Drag is drag is interesting. Like the cash grab. Literal cash grab, like the uh, oh yeah, uh, like money the, collection, it is like literally right? in their choreography to like mm-hmm. grab money, grab right. money, yeah. Right. And there's a time though, I think where I see some drag performers go out, and I like drag, but like you'll see drag performers go out and someone will crush it and then start walking around getting money. Mm-hmm. I've also been to like clubs where someone comes out, drag performer comes out, and it's like um, I'm gonna lip sync for 30 seconds yeah. and then I'm just going to take your money. Yeah. I'm going to forget about my choreography and my lip syncing right. and I'm just going to take your money. Yeah. Right. And to me, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to pick on drag performers, but I'm like, look, you look good. Congratulations on doing, congratulations yeah. on doing a great job <laughs> putting it together. Yeah. But like your look will only take you for 30 seconds. Like right. once you have that, Oh wow, look at this look, you better do something on stage or I'm going yeah. to be bored and I'm not going to give you money. And I don't need to give you money just, just because, because you, you got spent on stage. money on eyelashes. Yeah. I get that. It's an expensive thing, but like yeah, do is. some work. It's like this is Learn I, I your lyrics. Yeah. And do like be good. That's the thing too. Like just you can't if you can't walk in heels, you can't be a drag queen. Right? I'm same sorry. With, that, same that's with like, burlesque. That's what I'm saying. That's the point. It's just like okay, so everybody who goes into drag is automatically a drag queen. I don't think it's the same thing. Yeah, and I great. I'm not the I'm not the authority on drag queens, but like uh, there are drag performers that you see that are like, this is amazing. Yeah, this is an amazing performer, an amazingly talented person who spent time, looks terrific, performs well, engages the audience, and then it's like, oh, you look good, cool. Yeah, but those if those are the same people, or if if those people are being built brought to the same show. Yeah, that's I think that's same with burlesque of like why are I and I I I'm totally cool with bringing new performers in. I do think you have to bring new performers in, but new performers have a wealth of information at their fingertips with burlesque, with drag, with with makeup, with everything that a new performer coming in you can't be totally baby. You have to have some sort of like dance background. I love working with burlesque dancers who have an improv background or an acting background, mainly the theater. Man, anyone who does drag or burlesque that has a theater background, I love them. They're on time. They are professional. Oh, it's amazing. They understand how their body communicates. They do. They can they can stand on stage uh, without looking like a deer in headlights, mm-hmm. which is, I think, number one. That is really key. <laughs> it is. It is key that you have some sort of body awareness yeah. to do burlesque. <laughs> well, I think that... I'm going to get in trouble. You know what? This is the let's get in trouble week, right? Yeah. Let's. Uh, oh, God. Show. I, think, I think a lot of the problem falls to the producers. Yeah. Like a lot of the blame falls to producers, right? So there was a time in which there were comedy clubs. Let's use stand up as a touchstone because there's already been a boom, a bubble. Yeah. That bubble has burst and now it's redoing. So we like, I'm looking at it from that angle. Yeah. There was a time where there were open mics. Mm-hmm. Any jamoke could get on stage yeah. with a microphone, talk to an audience. It's an important thing. And if you were good enough, 
then you would get the paying then gigs. Then you would audition for paying gigs. Yeah. And there were only so many paying gigs. Yep. But the paying gigs were good. They were well curated, et cetera. Right? Yeah. There was a time when that happened. And then uh, with the alt comedy scene, and mm-hmm. of course the bubble burst and whatever, but like with the alt comedy scene, it's like, well, I'm just going to start a show in a bookstore. So mm-hmm. anybody can come to it, which I think as an artist, I have to support that, right? And yeah. not to say that because there's a show in a bookstore, it's a bad show. That's not at all true. Um, but with if everybody is producing a show, yeah. if all the people that are probably still at you should be spending more time at an open mic stage are producing, are producing a show shows, because they're not getting booked. Right. That's, yes. I'm yes. not getting booked, so I'm going to start my I'm own I'm going to start my own show. And I'm certainly guilty of that, but not... Mm. Yes, I'll just say I'm guilty of it. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, sometimes you do have to take the initiative of like, I'm not seeing this being done, so I'm going to do it myself. Mm -hmm. But I think you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself of like, I'm not getting booked because, like, why aren't you getting booked? Sure. Are you not getting booked because you're, I don't know, your style is too weird or there's no place for you you're still a great performer then yeah go ahead and start your show but if you're not getting booked because you're a garbage performer and then you go start your own show it's just perpetuating shit yeah you did it again i did it um there is something to be i think there is something to be said for that though the it kind of ruins it for an audience right it does so if you're a if you're a person and you get a group on right Mm -hmm. i remember the first time i went to a burlesque show a friend of mine goes hey do you want to go to a burlesque show and he said it like Kind of winky. Yeah. Because I don't think any of us knew what we were getting into. Yeah. We knew it was at a theater. It was like, wait a minute, it's at a theater? Yeah. It's a Lakeshore, which is now the Laugh Factory, which looks nothing the way it... Oh, yeah. It looks very different. Yeah. Um, but That's right. it was still a big theater where like there's a burlesque show in a theater yeah. and it was this... I didn't know. So I saw... Michelle Lamore, who I think is she is, is just amazing, really like just, one of the best performers in the world. Wonderful, um, and a great magician and a great comedian, and mm-hmm. like they did group numbers that were terrific. Yeah, and it was just such a well produced show yeah. that I said, "This is the standard." Yeah, for burlesque, Abs- it absolutely right? is. And every show, I, and I, you know, used to ten bar for uh, Lamore's Wiggle Room show. So like mm-hmm. I've seen. Really great performers, right? So yeah. my standard is, is pretty high, um, but I've also been uh, encultured to it. The point is, if someone had said to me, hey, do you want to go see a burlesque show? Mm-hmm. And I saw some <clears throat> barlesque, not terrific show, yeah. I would have gone, great, that's what burlesque is. For and the same reason that people go to see improv for the, for the first time, and, and they see, see really bad improv. Sh- really crappy improv. And they don't understand that like there's amazing improv out yeah. there but like that's the top 10% and then there's really really bad improv and really bad improv is almost I think worse than sitting through bad burlesque because at least bad burlesque only lasts for like three minutes bad improv lasts for like 30 minutes and you're yep. like <gasps> Oh boy! Yeah, and if you only if the first time you see improv, it's terrible. Yeah, then you're never gonna go back. Right in Poetry Slam, I used to get into this a lot with people where I'd tell them what I do, and I'm mm-hmm. like, "All right, here's the thing." Yeah, everybody's girlfriend dragged them to a college union <laughs> on a Friday to see a terrible poetry reading. Yeah, and they think that's what poetry is. Yeah, right. Then they'd come see me at the Green Mill and go, "Oh, oh it's like entertaining and." You don't suck, and it's not boring, and the wind doth not whisper through thine eye of four, <laughs> right? And I was like, oh, this is what it is. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, what, you're, what you expose people to is important. So yeah. if the first time someone sees burlesque, it's crap, yeah. they're, you're never going to win them over on burlesque again. Yeah. You've got to do that much more work to bring someone back. Yeah, agreed. It, it's like the Catholic Church. <laughs> it was so bad 
Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I hated being in it so much that there's no way you will ever get me back there. No, you really, you really can't dress up the Catholic Church. There could be musical numbers. They could there, have drag in the middle of the church. They, could, I mean, they ooh, could. There be could fun. be a big. There could be a big intermission. Like we could really put some theatrics and pageantry into into right? the new Vatican. But, but even then, it would take me fifty years to yeah. actually buy a ticket. You know, I would. I would prefer like if they maybe had better wine. I mean, that's a start. Like, or, or start with the wine. Yeah, start with the don't, wine. Don't make me sit here for 40 minutes to get a sip of that nonsense. Like, hook it up. Walk in. Here's your wine. <laughs> right? Like, sip it. Sip it throughout Mass. As opposed to kneeling, just take a sip of wine. Yeah. It's the same ritual. Why the kneeling? Why, Why the, the kneeling? kneeling? I, I mean, I'm a dinosaur. It hurts. Yeah. How do these little old ladies kneel all the time? Those cushions are not anything, really. Did you grow up Catholic? I did. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay, now we're getting into this. Um, so do you remember kneeling, but you weren't, so you're on the kneeler, right? Yeah. For those of you who haven't been in the Catholic church, there's uh pews. Go, it's and a, a really fun experience. Down. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's awesome. Um, I, oh God. Do you not have enough guilt in your life? Go to the Catholic church. Uh, yeah. Do you want to resent yourself? Uh, great. Go. Yeah. Um, yeah. uh, I, this is not what this is about. So the kneeling. you go to a kneeler, you fold the kneeler down, yeah. you kneel on it, yeah. obviously, but then you have to like put, you're supposed to like fold your hands on the back of the pew in front of you. But yeah. like when you were a kid, you couldn't, you weren't tall enough. Yeah. So, so it was just, just like, your, like, like your body was just in this, your back was in this weird arch. And I'm like, this hurts me. And they're like, shit, are you kneel straight? Yeah. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. But this is pain. And they're like, that's what Jesus is. Pain. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's not, I mean, obviously it's not supposed to be comfortable. Like it's not, you're supposed to, uh, suffer, mm-hmm. I guess. And I just like there to be slightly less suffering in the Catholic church. Uh, there's a lot of suffering everywhere else. Did you go to Catholic school? I did. I went to. I only went to like CCD. I didn't. I oh, so not Catholic school. I didn't go to Catholic school. I protested going to Catholic school. I was on the waiting list, and I was like, I will not wear those uniforms. No, I'm not going to Catholic school. I can't even imagine how much worse I would have been if I went to Catholic school. I was already pretty rebellious and did some really stupid stuff. I think if I went to Catholic school, I would have rebelled even harder, and it would be like it would have been real bad. It would have been. What was the worst thing you did in high school that Uh, you are willing to admit to on the radio? I mean, there's a lot of underage drinking, a lot of under. Oh, well, I mean, like we stole stuff. We would go around. Anything like big? Come on, sell, sell me a story. Okay. okay we, um, so we lived in the suburbs and everyone uh, is very trusting in the suburbs. So they would leave their garages open. And mm. because it was the wealthy suburbs, everyone would have a second fridge, like a beer fridge in there, <sighs> yeah. in, their, in their garage. So we would go around in our Jeeps because, uh, you know, grow up, everyone had a Jeep. I didn't have a Jeep. Mm-hmm. I had to borrow my dad's. God, it was really rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really rough living. Uh, and we would go around in the Jeeps and uh, we would run into the garage and open the fridge and steal their beer. That happened to us once. Yeah. Oh, your beer we got a, stolen? We a, well, we, we got <laughs> Where new, did you live? We got a new fridge. It was uh-huh. you know, in the suburbs. Uh, we oh, what a, suburb? I might have stolen beer from there. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it was, certainly wasn't. <laughs> I'm not even going to say it out loud. Okay. Um, yeah, but it was, it was only there for a short time, but like my dad thought that my friends and I took all the beer. I'm like, first of all, I'm 12. Second, yeah. how am I going to transport that much beer? Like, there were just cases of it. And yeah. clearly, it was a situation where someone left their garage open. My father left the garage open. Yeah, we would someone go to, just like, by multiple and, houses. Yeah. And it was a common thing. But they're yeah. like, did you steal this beer? No. Like, where am I going to go with four cases of beer? We're all 11. What am yeah. I going to do? Put it in a wagon and tie it to my bike? Come on. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. If you're listening it's not, a ba- it's not a bad idea. Twelve years. Hey, it's not a great no, idea. It's not a good idea. They're, it's not a good drinking idea. Drinking is a terrible thing. It's terrible. It's all bad. I didn't really drink in high school. I did. I drank like 
three times in high school. Oh, I got, oh, that was another thing. I got really drunk one time. Uh, and right before that, I got drunk with a friend and she had a bunch of Oreos before. So she, <laughs> I see where this is going. So she just threw up everywhere in my parents' basement on the white carpeting. And we tried oh. to, we were like, oh no. So we tried to clean it up and she's drunk. And like, I was the most sober out of, of the four of us. And, and we like got an Exxon crude oil slick. In the yeah. And we're like trying oh, to like God. cover it up. And then we're like, we got to go to someone else's house. So we go to someone else's house and we got busted drinking. And then we had to like sit down with all of our parents and like discuss it. And I remember like my parents taking notes and everything. And it was just it was terrible. You would think that it would turn me off from drinking. But no, just turn me off from drinking Uzo. Ew. <laughs> it was so, so bad. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, I, I only drank like a few times in high school. I didn't really drink in high school. Yeah. Um, uh, I didn't. I stopped. Uh, I stopped doing uh, uh, the, the drogas in high school. Uh, like marijuana. When, when I was about 15. Yeah. Because I remember going, sitting in geometry like, why doesn't my brain work anymore? And I realized that, oh, no, math is just difficult for the first time in your life. Uh, but I was like, <laughs> it's got to be the weed, dude. What if my brain shuts down? But the thing is, like, I uh, started using the Drogas when I was very young. I was like 10 or 11, like probably 11. Okay. Um, so was doing all that mess. And then, um, I yeah, I got busted because someone narked me out, like some goody-goody middle schooler. Oh, man. And I was like, just leave me alone. Let me... I hate it here. I hate being alive. Just, just let me just let me quietly work this one hitter in my closet and leave me alone. <laughs> but sure enough, like went to the principal and then oh, oh yeah. man, it was a mess. And then like we had to, it was Valentine's Day, nineteen ninety seven. Oh yeah, it was really cool. Like Happy Valentine's Day, your father and I need to talk to you. <laughs> Here's a box of chocolates. We hate you. You're a disappointment to us. <laughs> Yeah, I think my parents handed me some Gatorade and were like, why did you do this? And I think I was still drunk at the time. Oh, so this wasn't like down the road. Like, it was. We okay. haven't made the, par- the parental meeting was down the road, but like the day, the, the night after they caught, or I think it was the night they caught me, they like gave me Gatorade and I'm still drunk and they're trying to talk to me. And I was like, <laughs> and then I admitted to smoking weed with my cousin. It was, uh, it was a lot of disappointment all in one. <laughs> <laughs> I think I didn't drink in high school because um, I uh, I always had to because I once I started driving I I didn't have a lot of friends so I was always by myself <laughs> and I had some friends don't I don't act like I don't didn't have any friends yeah but like I they'd be like hey come to this party and I'm like oh but then you got to drive there. but then I would drive by myself and then I'd just be there and then I'm like well I'm not gonna drive I'm not gonna drink and drive yeah because I was smart. I got dumber in my older life, but I don't I really, I really am trying to not do that at all. I don't no, drive no, anymore. That's why I take the L everywhere now. That's smart. They can no, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> drink on the L. Uh, yeah. No, but don't drink it. That's... I had to do drink on the L the other day. Got on with a case of Heineken, nice. smoking a cigarette on oh. the, on the L, right? Drunk, clearly drunk or whatever. Wait, this was you or someone else? This was like three days ago. Not me. I don't know. I mean, I was I, like, that's like. I drink on the train, but not in but front of people. No. You know. You can get, there's rose to go, and it looks like. A juice box, right? It looks like a juice box, and then there's one that kind of looks like sparkling water. Mm-hmm. That's real fun. You're that's, like, rose on time. But that's a different game than the guy. Who, it is. Who the, was drunk, like, <laughs> the, like, the drunk kid with the sunken eyes who gets on with yeah. a case of, I think it was Stella or Heineken. Stella. 
gets on with the case of Stella. With a cigarette, yeah. that's Lights a cigarette and is like stumbling around and everyone, and it's middle of the day. It's three yeah. o'clock on a Tuesday, right? Yeah. And then this kid try he can't get the, he realizes they're not twist off. Oh, So it was yeah. like he went to the liquor store, bought a case, was already drunk, bought a case of beer, got on the train, tried to get his first beer open, realized they're not a twist off. Mm. And he's drunk, so like he can't do the lighter trick. He's a mess. So he's trying to open this bottle on the edge of his oh, seat, yeah. right? So he's got the he's got the lip there, and he just keeps hitting it and hitting it and hitting it, and he's getting drunker and fr- and he's drunk and he's getting more and more frustrated. Yeah. And then finally, he like hits it <gasps> way too hard and just shatters the bottle in his hand. Oh my god! Beer goes everywhere. There's like me and uh, this like tiny elderly Mexican couple in front of me, oh, right? No. And then this guy, and he's like smoking a cigarette, bashing the thing, and then he's like, oh, and his uh, hand is bleeding. Oh, no. And he's like, oh, hey, sorry. Sorry, everybody. Sorry. <laughs> oh, And like no. the couple just get up and like start toddling away. Yeah. And then I go, you know what I'm doing? I'm doing the next time this train stops. I'm just, because I was in the back car. Yeah. So I couldn't cross. So I either had to walk through him you to, had to you cross to the to, next car to or I had to out. get out and go out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mess. So you just got out and left him to bleed? This kid? Yeah. 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 yeah but like, I'm also, I'm not calling the cops. No. And yeah. I got to get to work, so I'm not calling the conductor to stop the train. Yeah. You're like, I, I got to, you got to figure out your life. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to learn. You are going to learn. You're definitely going to learn. Uh, but <laughs> a bunch of people would like walk on the train, look around. Be like, nope. Nope. Not getting on this not, thing. Yeah. Smelling this kind of trouble. All right. Oh enough, yeah. It's summer. Enough about story time. Um, <laughs> Let's get into it. So you mentioned off air that you thought that you were going to run out of burlesque years soon. Yeah. What does that mean to you? Well, uh, I know that there still are like our burlesque legends uh, are still alive and and still are performing. But uh, burlesque does not pay a lot of money, despite what everyone may think uh, that I am a producer. So I must be raking in the dough. I am not. So I think I would you know like to continue burlesque, but in terms of uh, dancing years left, like it's really hard on your body. <laughs> sure. Like I should maybe modify my movements so that I'm not, I don't know how, how long it's going to be around. I don't know how long people are going to pay for burlesque entertainment. You know, mm-hmm. that's talking about the, you know, the bubble bursting of like, maybe, you know, maybe we're coming to an end. Maybe again, it's going to keep going. Cause it's been going, you know, burlesque has been around for, a whole lot of years and we saw a resurgence of it from like the 1950s back in the early 90s I think is kind of when that started to like come up again and then just like 12 10 12 years ago in Chicago it started to come up again so I don't know if it's gonna pop and then and then it, there's gonna be more uh, I don't really know is there a way to monetize it burlesque yeah uh, I feel like the people who are doing it have their hands in a lot of different pots. Mm-hmm. They're producing, they're performing, they're they're teaching class. I feel like class is usually the the biggest money maker. Yeah, well, that's the only way to make money. Like if you're an improviser, yeah. Aside from you, making ten bucks a show or whatever it is, like yeah. you teach classes. You know? Yeah, there's no, and sometimes there's corporate gigs which are great, but that's for like a certain. It's a very corporate gigs are very much like we want burlesque, but like not burlesque. Yeah, we want a comedian, but could you not tell jokes that are funny? Could you just, yeah, could you just show up with feather fans and like, like the movie burlesque? Just do that. 
There's a movie burlesque? You've never seen it? Why oh. would I have seen it? I don't know, because it's like a Who's terrible... It? It's Cher... <gasps> it is and, that movie. Yeah. I, for a Cher second, I was like, and Christina Cher? Aguilera. Is, so, is it about burlesque? It is, well... Or is it like... Eh. It's not... It's a great... It's a great, like, guilty pleasure movie of mine. Mm-hmm. Cher has some really great songs, but in terms of the burlesque in it, it's a little more like music video dancing and like cabaret pussycat dolls dancing which is great they're all fantastic dancers but there's very little tease in it christina aguilera has one number where it is actually really well shot uh fan dance tease Mm -hmm. but other than that we're like no this is not burlesque also they have a lot more budget they have a stage they have props they have a costumer in-house what Mm -hmm. i don't even know what that is I mean, I, we all have costumers, but there's not like one house costumer that's right, like, right, right. oh, backstage. Like they have a backstage that's not, you know, a place? liquor like closet Vegas or something. No, New York City. No, L.A. I think but it's, it's like, L.A. There's a burlesque theater. There's they a monetized it that way. Theater, yes. You can also there's a burlesque theater. Uptown Underground is a burlesque theater. Is it? Yeah, but they I don't do it that way. It, they uh, true, but it's it a great is, room. I perform there. It's a dope room. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. Um, but they do have a lot of burlesque shows right. there, and I think it was kind of meant to be a retro retro entertainment. So, so a thought experiment: if you were to just open it up mm-hmm. and just go, this is the Uptown Burlesque, yeah. right? Or let's take Uptown Underground out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll call it uh, uh, Tawdry's. <laughs> Tadri's Cabaret. Tadri's Cabaret. Yes. Right? Yes. And we go, this is a burlesque theater. Yeah. This is what we do here. Yeah. You come to be entertained, and the primary entertainment is burlesque. So it's mm-hmm. a comedy club, but it's burlesque, right? Yeah. Do you think that would fly? No. Why not? I think, well, one, I think that burlesque shows do need variety. So I would. But burlesque also can include, of course, Great. comedians yeah, and yeah, storytelling. Yeah. Like, that's not what I'm saying, but like, that's. I don't. No, like if it was like Tawdry's burlesque cabaret and like burlesque was in the subject, I feel like people would be intimidated and they would they would have that same mentality of like, oh, it's just burlesque. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just, I don't know. I saw a burlesque show and, you know, this someone's apartment and I sure don't want to see burlesque. I don't know if it would fly. I don't know. Well, because the strip club works because a strip club again, works. it's that sexual thing where it goes, yeah. goes like, I want people, to see a naked woman, yeah. I want a naked woman to touch me. That isn't my wife. I'm willing to pay for it. If yeah. there's drinking there, that's better. Yes, exactly. Um, I think I'm thinking off mic, so I'm not like, um, uh. uh no, I get that, but you know, <laughs> you also started talking like this. <laughs> Into the mic. What are you new? All right. Yes. I, I don't know. Like I would love to see a burlesque. I would love to run my own like cabaret, burlesque cabaret. That'd be amazing. Like it's everyone's dream to run their own. Everyone wants their own room. Yeah, everyone wants their own room. And like here's how I would design it, and this would be this, and it would be great. Um, but I don't think that there people will not throw money behind that. I think people throw money behind magicians. The Chicago Magic Lounge is Beautiful and amazing and wonderful. Chicago's a magic lounge. You didn't know that Chicago Magic Lounge. I love magic. Yeah, really. Yeah. How and have I, you never been? It's like it's, I don't get. Is it, it like just, is it like the comedy magic club where you have to like get in or the magic castle in LA yeah. where you have to get invited? Uh no, you can just go. But it there is like a secret entrance. Like it's on. I think it's on Clark in Andersonville, and it looks. What? You would just you would walk by it and not know it was there. So uh, it's this beautiful room. They've got, you know, hidden doors and it's a really beautiful stage. And it was really just some wealthy dude that was like, I like magic. Here's money. I don't feel like there's that patronage uh, for burlesque. 
Or maybe there is. And if there is, hey, hook. But magic also <laughs> hasn't, been, hasn't been saturated that way. Like magic to go. Because we there understand is, that yeah, you there's, can't be an amateur magician. Yeah. People, because you could spot it right away. And like, that trick sucks. Like, it's just, no, there's no novelty in, I'm going to go see a bunch of magicians be brave. As, a, <laughs> <laughs> oh as opposed to like, I'm going to oh. go watch a bunch of my friends take their clothes off. It'll be so cool. Yeah, it'll so be brave, so brave. Girl power. And I'm with that. But like with all the terrible shows that are out there and all the free shows that are out yeah. there, like that, that market becomes ruined. But yeah. if you, you know that if you want to see a magician. He's going to be, and he's getting paid to be on stage. He's going to he's be. He's going to be good. He's going to be good. And there's one magic club. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you couldn't have 50. If we get to the place where everyone's doing magic, which will never happen because it actually requires effort. Like if we get to that place where <laughs> right? everyone's trying to like do magic. Like a lot of effort. Right. And in years of like, this sucks. It's like yeah. being, trying to be a violinist. Like it, it and you years really have Years of like care. practicing by yeah. yourself. Yeah. So there are people though that love the violin and love magic and are willing to go see it and pay money for it. Yeah. I don't know if that's true if everybody can pick a card, any card, right? Yeah, right. Like I get undressed and uh, every day, why can't I do it on stage? Well, and a lot of times people aren't even, even comedy clubs, like people aren't often spending money. They're, they paper the hell out of those houses yeah, and just give away tickets for obvious reasons because they have liquor licenses and they just are like, we don't care if you don't buy tickets. Yeah. We're just buy the, just buy drinks. Just, just come buy here drinks, yeah. and buy drinks. Yeah. I, people will always want to go see comedy, and but like magic is a very small audience and I think burlesque maybe has a smaller audience even still. It's still, it's still super niche. I think, even though I find it very entertaining. I, I love seeing burlesque. I love seeing burlesque done well. It is a wonderful escape for me, even if I'm, if I, if, I, if it's a really wonderful burlesque show, I, I can take myself out of the work mode and actually enjoy it and be entertained and be moved and, you know, feel feelings and laugh and, and you know, be really inspired. All right. I have two more questions and we got to wrap it up. So cool. what is, let's not, okay. Yeah, we'll do it big. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll start big and we'll zoom in. What makes a great burlesque show? I think a great burlesque show is how you curate it. I think having a, a space that uh, instantly transports an audience is key. It is nice to walk into a burlesque show and go, oh, of course, of course it's, it's taking you out of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, with it, like no, no shade to bar shows or anything like that, but it is really nice to walk into a room where you're like, oh, okay, this is cool. This is taking me out of somewhere as opposed to like, I think that is, is key. And, and then a really well curated, diverse lineup is good of just stunning performers and that aren't the same kind of style. Mm -hmm. I think diversity in that way and diversity in, uh, in body type and in color and stuff like that. Uh, I think seeing a lot of representation, very like highly skilled representation on stage is great. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, and, uh, one of my favorite shows that I've seen is the uh, Vertical Sideshow. And I always mention this because Ray Gunn and Bazooka Joe have really taken burlesque and kind of elevated it to something really beautiful and artistic and, um, I guess opera, just very theatrical and the, mm. the pictures that they're making on stage, the, the, just the stage pictures are beautiful and the way that they work with such a small space, the way that they just use very limited props, uh, to, to, and lights and, and sound to really kind of go above and beyond just stripping. And it's really just, it's emotional and beautiful and wonderful. And you're just like, wow, this is so cool that this is happening right in front of me. That's amazing. Um, I love that. So what is the worst show you ever did? 
like me personally. <laughs> Just the worst show you ever did. The worst show I ever did. There was one that I actually am quite fond of, but the dressing room was a kitchen and like a <laughs> tiny kitchen while 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 dinner was in service. So it was like your costumes were like resting on like trays of food. It was just it was a show. And it was a glorious show because it oh it was uh, <laughs> <laughs> It was just kind of, it was chaotic and kind of punk rock, mm-hmm. which I think I loved at the time because I was still finding my footing and I wasn't as polished as I was. So it was a really good way to try out new things. And it was a super intimate audience. So it wasn't a terrible show, but like the host would get really drunk and like really drunk and then it would just go off the rails. Was it like in someone's apartment? No, it was in a really tiny restaurant. <laughs> yeah and so you're like yeah this is glamorous you're like i just slipped on like oil in the back because we're in a kitchen mm-hmm. um and it wasn't glamorous but it did have that punk rock feel so i guess it wasn't the worst show i mean you know what i don't care let's burn those bridges gorilla tango that was wow. that was pretty bad gorilla tango in general how it was run was just horrible. Do not work for Gorilla Tango. <laughs> you can keep that in there. Like, don't work for Dan Abate or whatever his name is. Wow. Don't work for him. He's really terrible. Uh, but I did meet all, of, like, that's where I started. And I met all the really wonderful burlesque, burlesque people. Uh, but that's kind of the same way of like, oh, you want to get on stage and get naked? Here, here's a stage. Get naked on it. Make me money. Uh, and then you get some really not polished burlesque dancers coming out of there. I think much like improv. I mean, you had a lot of really crappy improv shows there, too. Yeah. My first uh, one-man show was there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was great. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2009. They had just opened the theater. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. Terrible well, They were just like, we need people on stage. You want to be on stage? Give us money. Yeah, like, right? That's great. Anyone with, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yep. Which I think a lot of people who I know have, have had a show there. Mm-hmm. Because it was just like, oh, yeah, we'll give you stage. And you're like, what? Yeah. There's a stage that'll have me? Sign me up. I'm ready. I must be famous now. Uh, right? I'm going to be famous. They've got my poster in the window. <sighs> they do. And they've given us a dungeon to change in. It's just, just magical. A, oh, God. That dungeon was rough, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the basement where oh, you could yeah. rehearse. The rehearsal space. Yeah. <laughs> I used to just walk in, pace in circles back there. And then oh, there's, yeah. there was an al- there's an alley that goes out the back. Yeah. And uh, I always have to pee before I go on stage. Did you just pee? Because there was one bathroom. So you just pee Yeah, the there was alley? one bathroom. But yeah. the bathroom's in the lobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just... So like five minutes to curtain. Yeah. And I'm pacing. And I'm like, I, well, guess, I guess we're going outside. Yeah. This is what we're doing. So I'm just peeing in the alley. I think that was like a good metaphor for like the gorilla tango in general, just like (laughs) this in an alley. I don't know. I had a good good experience there. I also didn't take my clothes off there. Um, Yeah, it's uh, it's what it is. But it's it's just like a million other small theaters that are all popping up all over the place. Every guy who owns, everybody owns a storefront. Uh, You know, some of them are great, and some of them them don't work. And some burlesque shows are great, and some Some... don't work. And some podcasts are great, and some don't work. (laughs) And this is just where we are. You know, yeah. uh, I'd like to think the cream rises, but it doesn't always. No. You know? Yeah. Context is everything. Uh, sometimes it's just, it doesn't work out. Yeah. It's yeah. good to see you, though. Good to see you, too. I wish we could hang out more, but I have to go uh, do things. Yeah, and, we have um, to like we have to make it like a work thing, and that's the only way we yeah, hang out. Yeah, if we book a show together, then we'll hang out. Yeah, totally. Um, sweet. Sweet. Good. Thanks Let's for doing book it. book a show together. I appreciate it. <laughs> high five. <laughs> Wait, that was, that was a, a terrible high five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see ya. Bye. Bye.